you have your Bibles, you'll please turn them to Acts chapter 2. And I promise you this is the last time I'll make you turn there for a while. You can also turn, please, uh, hold your place there to uh, 3 John. It's a little one-page book in the Scriptures, right before Revelation near the end. And we're going to read a, a short passage out of that a little later. So Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. We've been camped out here for these past six weeks in this passage as to this morning, we'll wrap up a, a sermon series on the, the vision and values of our church. Uh, what do we sense? What do we believe that God is calling us to as a community of believers devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer? We will wrap up that celebration uh, next week, our fifth anniversary of being a particularized church. I'm really excited for you all to hear my friend and mentor, uh, Randy Pope. Uh, the lead pastor at Perimeter Presbyterian Church in uh, Atlanta. So this this morning, we'll wrap up our, our fourth value. We've looked at worship. We've looked at discipleship. We've looked at caring for one another. This morning, we'll look at missions and outreach, calling that one value. A lot of times when we hear that word missions, we think foreign missions. We think going going out, going away, but it's it's also at home here. There's outreach that we're called to here locally, and so we're going to flush that out and what that looks like. Here in Acts 2, verses 42 through 47, we have the, the baby church here and what God had called them to do. This is his holy word to us this morning. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And thank you for the time we've had these past weeks to, to hone in and focus on what you have called us to be as a local church. Lord, help us to be faithful. Help us to be Christ-centered. Help us to love your word and what you have commanded us to do, Father, because of your great love with which you've loved us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. In his name we pray, amen. Missions exist because worship does not. Missions exist because worship does not. Those were the somewhat famous words penned by Pastor John Piper in his work, Let the Nations Be Glad, his work on the sovereignty of God in global missions. His more fuller premise reads this, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Mission exists because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. When this age is over and countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God, missions will be no more. It is a temporary necessity 
but worship abides forever. Worship, therefore, is the fuel and the goal in missions. So as we come to our fourth value, again, in this series on our vision and values, the value of missions and outreach, let me just remind you what the first value of our church we said was, and that was worship. We would say that it would be the most important value. That is why we are here. That was what we were made for, to worship God, to glorify Him and enjoy Him forever, to ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. It is the the glory of God that is supreme over all. And if we don't get that straight, if we don't understand that's the goal of life, if that's what we're here for, that's what we're made for, to, to worship and to glorify God, then, then nothing will make sense. But keeping that focus, that we're here to glorify the Lord and enjoy Him forever, if we keep that the primary focus of our worldview, then certainly everything starts to come into focus. And it becomes the, the, the reason why we must have visions and values as a local church, why we must keep the main thing the main thing. But what is the purpose of missions and outreach? Why do, we, why do we need it? Why is it a core value of who we are as a local church? Again, when we talk about missions and outreach, again, we're, we're talking about the same thing, that we're all called to this calling this, this great commission to go, to, to share Christ, to make him known. It's, it's not just for professional missionaries. It's for all of us. We're all called to missions. So let me ask some diagnostic, diagnostic questions about missions and outreach so that we can more fully understand what our biblical mandate is with regards to missions in the local church. Let's look at what is missions. Why do missions? Who does missions? Where do we as a local body, Cornerstone, where do we do missions? And how can you, men, women, and children, how can you do missions? Let's look at those things. First, what is missions? We need to have a clear definition of what missions and outreach is so that we know what our focus is. And Jesus actually clearly gave us this mandate in his teachings while he was here on this earth. We read earlier from Matthew 28, the Great commission, Jesus calling his disciples to himself before he ascended into heaven. He says, go, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. We're to go in Jesus' name and make his, his commands, his word known. He said in his great high priestly prayer, when he prayed for us in John 17, he says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And then in Acts, Luke records that as Jesus was again talking to his disciples before he ascended, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We see very clearly this commission that Jesus gave to us here and in other places in Scripture that I haven't even read this morning. That missions is to go into all the world. 
and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for us, the local church, men, women, and children, it means for us to take our, part, take our place as partners. Jesus called us to be partners with him in this, in this endeavor. We are to partner with Jesus in his missionary mandate to do what he has called us to do, to, to spread his kingdom, the good news of the kingdom, through the gospel, both home and abroad. The reason that missions oftentimes sounds like evangelism, you know, sharing the gospel, is because it is. They're the same thing. To go and to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world, that is evangelism, that is missions. That is what we are called to. But why do we do missions? That's the second question. Why do missions? If the goal of our lives, as we said before, and the goal of the church is to worship God and to glorify Him forever, then part of that goal, our, our mandate in that goal, should be to proclaim the fame of King Jesus to everyone. Jesus clearly mandated this in Matthew 28, again, what we call the Great Commission, to to go, go into all the world, go to all peoples and proclaim the gospel, do it in word and in deed. This was not necessarily a new commandment that Jesus was given. This was not a, a new endeavor that God was now calling his people to. It was always God's purpose since the garden to spread his glory, to make heaven on earth throughout the whole world. God's purpose for the world was stated in Habakkuk and Isaiah. Listen to this from Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Think about that. That is God's goal in missions from the very beginning, that His glory, his name would cover the earth just like the waters cover the sea. And so it's for the sake of worship. It's for the sake of the glory of God that we do missions, that we go into all the nations and we long to see the glory of the Lord cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. We do missions out of obedience to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He has given us a commission He's given us a challenge. He's given us work to do, to go and to tell others. We who have been saved by grace, we who have been redeemed, we who have had our our guilt removed and our sin removed by the, the life, the death, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, how could we not? Go and share that with the whole world. How could we not want to share that good news? So what is the driving factor for the church to do missions? It is to make Christ known. To make much of Jesus. Who does missions? That's the next question. Who's this job been given to? My evangelism and missions professor in Seminary was a very fiery Brazilian pastor. My brother's over here laughing. They know who I'm talking about. Named Elias Medeiros. And, and if 
And if you were a telemarketer and you called his house, you were going to hear the gospel. And if you were at the gas station and you, at, and you bumped into him, you were going to hear the gospel. He loved Jesus and sharing the gospel. And he used to say to us that you are either a missionary or a mission field. <laughs> and so which one? That option is not just given to, to professionals. It's to all of us. You are either a missionary or a mission field. Every member is a missionary. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you're called to be a missionary. Children, that's even for you. You too reflecting Jesus with your friends at school and in the neighborhood. Maybe you're not called to a foreign mission field. Maybe in your your home, your school, your work, your neighborhood, your, your ball team. We're called to be missionaries in all of these places. The Apostle Paul actually makes this abundantly clear in 2 Corinthians 5, this mandate that he gives us. Hear what he says. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we, all of you, all of us, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to Christ. We, you, me, we're all ambassadors for Christ. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you're an ambassador. You're a messenger of the King. You represent Him. We're called to the ministry of gospel proclamation and gospel reconciliation, telling the world what God has done through Jesus Christ. We're called to tell others about this benevolent king and what he has done and what he is going to do. How do we do this? How do we serve as faithful ambassadors for Jesus Christ? Well, this is where the local church comes into play, and this is why it's a value here at Cornerstone, because the local church is the launching pad. It's the springboard, uh, if, if, if you will, for for local, for national, for world missions. That's what we see over and over in the scriptures. Jesus' mission is for us to go into all the world and make disciples. And this has been given to his church, his people, for his glory. So what does that look like? Well, sometimes that looks like you personally going and doing. Maybe going on a mission trip. Maybe God is actually calling you to be a foreign missionary. Maybe God is calling you to start a Bible study at work. Maybe there are a group of friends at school you know are really hurting that just need you to pray for them. There's so many ways that we personally are called to to go, but also it looks like, again, partnering with Jesus in this mission that, that looks tangibly like giving your time, your talents, your treasure to the work of missions. Think about that. What what have you done 
have you used your time, your gifts, your spiritual gifts that God's given you, and maybe even your money for missions? You see, this job is not just for preachers and for professional missionaries. Truth be told, some of the greatest missionaries and even preachers in the world, they didn't go to seminary. You know, God called them and ordained them and used them. You don't have to have like the uber gift of evangelism. You know, you don't have to be the guy at the restaurant. Somebody comes up to you and says, is this seat saved? I don't know about that seat, but what about you? You know, you, you don't have to be that guy or that girl. I stole that from Randy Pope, so don't repeat it to him next week. But, you know, you, you don't have, you, you can sometimes be an ambassador for Christ by just being a friend. Or, or showing hospitality. Or maybe seeing that kid at school that you know is having a hard time is being picked on. Maybe that guy at work who you know is just coming to work every week with just a heavy, heavy burden. How can you be an ambassador for Christ? But oftentimes the, the work of missions does include what we as a body, the local church, do by sending out others. And at Cornerstone, we do a lot of sending. We do. It's a huge part of gospel ministry. I had you turn to that place in 3 John. Let me read from 3 John there, verses 2 through 8. Here we see a, a commissioning, and we see what the local church is about, partnering with others in missions. He says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. So this is the Apostle John hearing a good report about some of those he had trained in the faith. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles because it was the local church supporting them. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Here, John's giving them high fives. Way to go. You're sending out brothers and sisters to proclaim the name and the fame of the Lord Jesus Christ. You didn't even know them that well, and you were giving them money and sending them out. What a blessing. We see here the very high calling that the local church is given here to be engaged in the mission of sending, of sending out others. It's, it's not a secondary thing that we do. It's, it's a, it's a important thing. It's a primary thing. It's being obedient to Jesus Christ's mission in this world to send out others. It's part of what it means to be a healthy and a growing church, that we are actively involved in the sending ministry. We do a lot of sending here at Cornerstone, and we're going to talk about it a little more in a minute. Fourth question, where, where do we do missions? Where do we go with this message of the gospel? Again, too often we think of missions as going far, far away, you know? 
going to Africa, going somewhere way away. And that is a very valid way of doing missions. And maybe God is calling you to Africa. But that's not all there is in this calling of missions. Foreign missions is a big deal, but so is what we do right here at home. You don't have to go far away nowadays to do foreign missions. We have an international community here in Huntsville. But when we go, we go because the church has called, has been called by God to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus to the nations. We don't go as ambassadors for the United States of America. We go for the cause of Christ. And so, yes, we go abroad, but we also look around us. We ask, where can I take Christ's mission to those around me? Where can you go? First, I believe it can be in our home. Those of you who are parents and grandparents, the Great Commission starts with our children, telling them about Jesus, teaching them about Jesus, discipling them, training them up to be followers of Jesus. Second, we look at, look at our neighbor, loving our neighbor. Who and where are our neighbors? Maybe, maybe your neighborhood. Maybe the gym, maybe work, maybe school, maybe the grocery store, maybe the sports field, maybe your local civics clubs. You just think about who, who do you come into regular contact with? And how is God calling you to minister to them? Third, we, we take part in the ministry of the local church and its vision and, and calling to share Christ with others around the world through a missions program. We do have a missions program here. And so as a member of Cornerstone, I hope that you're proud, you can be proud of our missions efforts. And you can continue to be proud of these, these efforts uh, that are growing by continuing to give. And knowing that you're giving, that the resources from this church go to sending others out, both home and abroad. So there, there are lots of ways for your, you and your family to get involved. Think about local partnership. Bob Berner leads a ministry called Young Business Leaders, ministering to men in the business community. Maybe you don't feel comfortable talking to someone about Jesus, but I guarantee you eat every day. Go to a business lunch with YBL. Huggy and Kim Ahn and, and many others in this congregation are really involved with InFocus, a, a ministry to international students coming from all over the world to Huntsville, Alabama, and hearing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ at UAH. They would love to talk to you about it. Uh, we have a great many of you who... Uh, help out with Lincoln Village Ministry, with their school, with their mercy efforts. I know you can talk to Margaret Powell and others about that. There's just a, these are just a few. Crisis Pregnancy Center. Talk to Elena Lewis. There's, these are just a few locally ways you can be involved in going. Church planting. We help, uh, we, we help fund church plants. We're a part of the Alabama Church Planting Network that is looking to plant gospel, word, Christ-centered churches all over Alabama in strategic areas. World missions. We're going to have lots of our world missionaries visiting this summer, some of them from places we're going to have to turn off the camera and let them talk to us about it because it's dangerous where they are. 
and their names cannot be revealed on the internet. Uh, we have missionaries planting churches in Ireland, Asia, France, Costa Rica. I'm sure I'm leaving some others out. What a blessing that we get to partake with this. But how can you? How can you do missions? How can you get involved in missions and outreach? It's going to vary from person to person. Already many of you are engaged in these ministries, and keep it up. We have a missions committee that we frankly need some, folks, some other folks on to help. If God might be calling you, teenagers, maybe you could help too to get us connected and organized with some of our missions. We'd come talk to me or, or Frank Coey. Uh, as if the Lord wills and we move downtown and our church is located there, we want to start a, a good neighbor committee where we are looking for ways to, to partner in ministry with those around us in the downtown community. You can go to Yakima with us. And if you can't go, you can buy a Boston butt. They're really good. You can... Uh, go to, uh, to Scottsboro and help with church planting. It, just 45 minutes down the road. The Paulsons would love to, you, to talk to you about that. Evangelism. Sharing the good news with neighbors and friends. Doxological evangelism. Which would look like invite someone to church. Have you done that? Just invite someone to church. Then they'll say, you know, I tried church once. wasn't for me. Well, you should come try my church. It's amazing. <laughs> or, I don't like going to church because it's full of a bunch of hypocrites. Oh, you had not seen nothing yet. Come check ours out. <laughs> and point them to Jesus. Here's the mission and assignment for everyone. Invite someone to church. Think about, pray about inviting someone to church. We've had people who've come who've never even seen a church service before. And hopefully they'll hear Jesus. Well, how about this? This is a great way. We have Vacation Bible School in just a few months. Invite a neighbor with children to Vacation Bible School. How many people do you know who said, I first heard the gospel through Vacation Bible School? May God help us to, to be involved in this ministry of going, calling others. There are tons of other ways. You know, it's easy in our day and age to think of the church almost being like a country club. You know, it's got nice staff, it's got nice facilities, they even have some good food, nice people. But this is not what the church is supposed to be. Think about who Jesus has called us to be. Think about, think about some of the illustrations he uses that really the church is to be more like a hospital where sick and hurting and wounded people can come and be ministered to in Jesus' name. Or even better, the local church is often compared to that of a family. We all love family and family gatherings. How could we maybe reach out to others and invite them into the family? This is what I think was going on there in Acts chapter 2. They were serving each other because they were family. They were brothers and sisters in Christ, and they were participating in the mission that Jesus had given to his church. And you know what happened when they did this? When they partnered in this gospel-focused ministry? It says in Acts 2.47, the Lord
Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved because of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. May God help us to do the same. You know, before us this morning is a family meal. It's a family meal. But it's not for everyone. It's not a meal for everyone and anyone. It's for those who belong to Jesus. For those who've put their their trust, their faith in Christ alone. And what we want is for others to share in this divine meal with us. We want our children, our friends, our family, those who don't know Christ to know him and to know the power of the resurrection. And so we must go. We must look for ways to partner with Christ in his mission and serve others. We must be the hands and feet of Jesus through missions, through outreach, so that we may spread the fame of who our great king is and what he has done. Let's pray. Lord, I think about how excited I get when my football team is winning and they're having a a great season. And I want to tell everyone and talk to everyone about it. Lord, I'm convicted that I don't know if I talk to others about Jesus that way. What an amazing victory we have in Jesus. What an incredible sacrifice that has been made to show your great love the world. And so, Lord, would you invigorate us? Would you work in us a passion and a heart and a desire to know Christ and to make him known? We pray this in his name. Amen.